This is Sean J. Granham, aka Sean Gran, and today I'm talking to an immensely talented rapper by the name of Danny Watts. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well, man. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Yeah. So, to start off, have you always lived in Houston? Yeah, born and raised. Man. Do you feel like the city's changed a lot over the years, or like what have been like the biggest like changes for you growing up there and like still residing there? Uh, I would definitely say uh, pertaining to the music scene, that has changed a lot. And then the uh, the people have changed a lot as far as like uh, it's basically a melting pot. So you have a lot of different people from many aspects of life, from different walks of life, different countries, different states. Uh, and I feel like that has also changed the influence of the music from we had a, a particular style of music as far as like screw music. Yeah. And now you see a lot more different like genres of rap and different like communities of music and i think that's pretty cool because now we have something to where uh it's not just one thing dominating the whole city everybody has a a place that they can fit in and become successful yeah for sure so i mean like for the, for the kind of music that you make uh, your style of rap do you feel like there's quite a scene in houston or is it not really like like, are you one of the few to be doing that kind of style out there, would you say? There's still work to be done, but yeah. there's definitely a scene for it. Uh, I think it's it's grown exponentially over the years just through uh, more and more artists being bold and courageous and doing the style of music that they prefer, which uh, a lot of it is similar similar to mine's. And being it's more like a, a lyrical approach, a more open and revealing approach, and it's a more honest approach to music. Uh, and because you have so many more artists that are like hopping on that, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say bandwagon, but because there's so many artists that are choosing to to be that way when they approach music, more and more people are starting to realize, like, hey, this this style of music isn't that bad. I actually like this i appreciate this type of music yeah wicked man so if you had to list some like other artists in your kind of like sphere in houston like what, who would you say uh i would say mikey iso i would say bryce blanco i would say bobby earth i would well i would i would definitely list those three there's yeah. a uh a few other artists off the top of my head that i i, I can't think of at the moment yeah. Uh, but even like on the producer side, like one of my favorite producers is uh Tony Dark, and okay. he's a he's a guy who's uh his influence is more like East Coast. His influence is more East Coast. Um, and uh, there's another there's another rapper that I really appreciate from out here, and his name is uh Lucy Lex, but he's more He's more like really, really reclusive when it comes to his music, but okay. he's probably one of my favorite artists. Wicked man. So, what kind of music were you raised up on? Like, what was your mom or your family playing around the house? Uh, my mom was uh really into like '90s R&B, so it was a lot of Brandy, uh, a lot of like. Tevin Campbell, Babyface. Yeah. Uh, I, I grew up with my mom, so that was 
pretty much what we listened to was like R&B and she was like a huge Ice Cube and Tupac fan but she liked more of like the 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 radio the radio the stuff that made the radio by Tupac she wasn't cuz she's not really into like all, all the cussing yeah but uh, she liked the stuff that would come up on the radio and then of course being in Houston like we listened to uh, down south artists like T.I., Lil Flip, uh, Scarface, uh, uh, Slim Thug, and so on and so forth. Yeah. But when when I when I started like researching for myself, and you know just stop I stopped listening to what came on the radio and actually like picked up a computer and was like let me find stuff that I like. Uh, I started listening to like Lupe Fiasco, Papoose, yeah, yeah. and uh, you know just you know artists that I just came across like on the on the East Coast like Mickey Fax. Uh, I was a huge Mickey Fax for like a, a, a two to three year period. That was like my favorite rapper. Yeah, he was uh, running the blog just, like blogger rap for quite a while. Yeah, uh, that yeah, whole, that whole time. Yeah, I was definitely like into like the blog era when rappers were coming up, like XV and I said Mickey Fax. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of other artists that were coming from the West Coast. But yeah. that was when I started to get into hip hop. Uh, but I was like, I because of moving around a lot, my influences changed so. A lot of the times, like, I would go to a school where it was, like, maybe 10 black people in the whole school, and pretty much everyone else was, like, white. So I would be into, like, punk rock and pop. I remember my very first album that I purchased with my own money was an NSYNC album. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget. <laughs> so <laughs> Man. I, I, I definitely think that I came a long way when it comes to listening to hip-hop. Yeah, for sure. It's funny because, like, when you're black, people perceive that you listen to a certain style of music and can feel like, for certain other black people, it would be, like, of the same age. Like, if, if you say that you listen to, like, I don't know, like Marilyn Manson or Linkin Park, they'll look at you funny. And it's like, one of my favourite tweets that I saw around when Chester Bennington unfortunately committed suicide was saying that Linkin Park made music for the black kids that, like, weren't recognised by their own, you know? And so that was something that I really related to when I heard that. Do you know what I mean? No, I definitely agree with you. Uh, Linkin Park was a huge, huge inspiration for me. They were definitely like on the more accessible side when it comes to rock music for for black kids. And yeah, for sure. Whoever tweeted that, they're very true because I remember, like I said, going to school where it was predominantly white kids, and then in the middle of the school year, we had to move, and we're going to like the hood where there's literally no white kids in the whole school it's like all black kids yeah and i'm the one i'm like the outcast at the point because i'm coming into the school and i'm saying stuff like dude that's so rad like i'm so stoked like let's yeah. go bro yeah and they're looking at me like my dude like what is wrong with you why you talk like that like so and they were like you don't you don't listen to flip and i was like no but you, have you checked out this new stained record and stuff like that and yeah it, that that time in my life it was i had to deal with like having to to like fight a lot and defend myself because i'm looked at as different and because i'm more like friendly and like and accessible at that point accessible people thought that i was weak so i had to like fight a lot and defend myself and i didn't really have a lot of friends except the <laughs> i would say the the down the upside to it is that because I was so different and I was like the new kid, there was like a period in time where like all the girls wanted to talk to me. 
Hey. <laughs> Which made you even more of a target by the boys, I'm sure. <laughs> yep, definitely. <Yeah. laughs> um, I feel like that whole uh, aspect of like um, just self-realization and determining what it really means to be black and be self at the same time is really deeply tied to the new album, um, Black Boy Meets World, which just dropped on Friday, right? Yeah, just dropped. Yeah, congratulations, man. So, how's it feel? Man, it's it's been amazing so far. Like the the feedback has been overwhelmingly positive. Yeah. Uh, it, it's crazy to like really actualize and realize how important the album is. Because you know, when you're in the midst of like making these things, you don't know what you have mm. and how important it is until you actually put it out and you get that feedback. Yeah, and. You know, for me to be an unknown artist and to put out my first album and I, I have people like tweeting at me, album of the year, top five and all these other things like it's truly an honor. You know, I have I've had people I had a couple of people literally tweet at me and was just like, man, I don't even I never do this social media thing. Mm. I don't even have a Twitter like that, but I created this Twitter just so I can tell you how much your album touched me. That's wicked, man. Yeah, that's profound. And so that's I'm, that's just I'm in just, two days. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Two days, and I'm excited mm. for, for what's to come. Yeah, man. It's a testament to how uh, powerful the album is and how powerful your message is as well, man. So, again, big ups to you, dude. It's a, it's a great body of work. Man, I, I appreciate it. Like, for real, for real. I, yeah. I'm not used to it yet. I'm still, I'm still <laughs> trying to, I'm still trying to like catch up emotionally. Yeah, it's gonna take time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I believe you. Yeah, man. So the album title, Black Boy Meets World. Do you want to tell me, like, where where does that come from? Okay, so I dropped the project in 2013 called the Messenger Series Volume One. Yeah, with Cosmic then, Compil uh, Composition. Sorry. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So after that, I didn't know what to do. Like, I was still trying to find myself musically. Mm. I knew that I wanted to like put out an album, but I just didn't know exactly what so i did a lot of reading and i came across this word called eunoia it's a greek word which means uh mental happiness mm. i decided that that was going to be my album title i was going to call it finding eunoia because it's you know it's all about finding happiness mm. and i stuck with that title for four years and fast forward to 2017 on the last the second to last day of recording we recorded the title track to the album and now I was like, yeah, I think I need to change the album title. Oh, yeah. What was it about the process that made you um, think that you want to change it? I think it was just the the impact of the song and listening back to it yeah. and just realizing how, how important it was to the overall theme of the record. Like it really just tied everything together and it was just so, so important. Mm. to the story that i was telling and john john was low-key he was like he wasn't pressuring me but he would just like suggest repeatedly he's like man we gotta find a new album title and <laughs> this coming from I a guy whose his albums are called rap album one and rap <laughs> album two <laughs> yeah right so yeah. once i once i look at listen back to the record that's when i, I was just like dang i looked at john and I, it was like I admitted defeat. I was like, I think I need to change the uh, the the name of the record. 
Yeah. And I think afterwards, like, I realized, like, you know, seeing the impact and just talking to people, because it's like conversations like this, you, it really helps you connect more dots because, you know, people perceive different things. Like, I have my own intentions when it comes to, like, the, the songs and everything, but people people pick up certain things that I didn't necessarily intend, and I think that's amazing. Yeah. So afterwards, I, I realized how important the title is as far as like it's like a coming of age story of people going through certain things and just realizing how like society works and yeah man just having to like come into the world and become yourself and i think that's i think that's cool that the the title represents that for a lot of people definitely and, and it's funny because it's such a simple title and it's just like a play on like a, an already known thing you know but like it it's so powerful and it resonates with the the content of the album so well so yeah props to to you for finding that that title man it works really well thank you man no, thank no. you a lot it's my pleasure so yeah how did you meet john wayne soundcloud <laughs> oh wicked where's he from what state is he from uh john is from uh california he's from la habra california oh okay. it's like a an hour or so outside of los angeles yeah uh but it's always funny because John, he's not really a, a fan of SoundCloud, yeah. um, at least on, on the business side of things, like their business model and how they operate. He doesn't he's not a fan of that. Mm. But people whenever people ask that question, he's he has to admit, like, so I met him on SoundCloud, <laughs> which begrudgingly. Uh, yeah. So he he followed me. In 2015, he followed me on SoundCloud, and I'll never forget, because, like, I've always been a fan of, of his music before I even, you know, had the chance to work with him and know him, and, uh, you know, I, I was about to do the typical, like, rapper or musician thing where somebody, like, somebody you're a fan of follows you or somebody, like, has some some notoriety follows you and you like yeah. screenshot it. Oh, and you man. Like, look, I'm, I'm lit. John Wayne, just follow me. Let's yeah. go. Like, you know, actually text and see what happened. And I messaged him and he, he back and was just like, I messaged him and saying, Hey, let's, let's work on some music. And he was like, I don't do stuff over the internet. Hit me up when you're in LA, just one liner. And <laughs> I was like, okay. Okay. Yeah. And, at that point in time, I had no intentions of going to L.A. I'm just in Houston, like, living life, um, trying to figure out my next move. And I was like, okay. I booked the flight to L.A., and I was like, I'll be there in a week. Yeah. And that essentially, like, that was like the that was like the, the test to see what I would do. And essentially, like, when I came out there that first time, uh, that was what I contributed to rap album too, which it wasn't even intended for that. Like that was supposed to be like intended for me, but because what I wrote fit so well into rap album too, he asked if he could use it for that. And I was just like, heck yeah. And that's crazy because, um, yeah, like rainbow, the track that you feature on, on rap album too, like he, he's not even on there. Like he just gave you the whole track and was like, do your thing. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I feel like, he felt comfortable enough with doing that because I felt like I was just an extension of what he wanted to say. Like he listened to the verses 
I don't think he would have wrote anything more or added anything differently. Um, it just became an extension of him. And I know he's real selective about things like that. So I feel like when he listens to that verse, it feels like himself. And I yeah. think that's pretty cool. Yeah, man. So, like, was it quite easy, like, when you finally met him in person? Or was it a bit, like, intimidating? Or how'd it go? Uh, it wasn't It wasn't intimidating. It was... Um, I was nervous. But, I mean, he's a, he's a pretty cool guy. Like, he's a really cool guy, actually. I think the... The one thing that was intimidating was uh, he would ask me questions like, you know, so who who do you like or who are you a fan of and or what type of music do you listen to? And I would mention a whole bunch of like artists from like from like Los Angeles and California. He would be like, oh, you mean this? All right. Hold on. He's like, hey, Zero, what you doing right now, man? Hey, come through to the studio and. I would mention somebody else. He'd be like, oh, all right, word. Hey, Versus, what you doing right now, man? Come come through to the studio. I got this this artist out here that's a fan of yours. He'd like to meet you. And that Crazy. happened like three or four times where he, would, I'd be like, yeah, I like this person. He was like, okay, hold on. And he would just <laughs> get them on the phone real fast and tell them to come through, and they would be there in like half an hour. Wow, man. Did you find that to be quite different to like, obviously, I don't know if you've worked with like that many Houston musicians, but that whole like LA, like it seems like a very like, chilled like hey come through oh yeah i'm free i'll come through like was that quite like a, a different process for you like compared to working on older stuff back in houston or what yeah that was definitely different um la the musicians there are a very, very like tight-knit community yeah. and they uh they work together and of course you know they're all trying to to get paid and get you know get money because they want to make a living off of this but they put the creativity first mm. and then worry about the, the monetary gains afterwards. Yeah. So I think from Houston is where um, we put the monetary gain first and then put the creativity second. So it's just like, you know, John can hit somebody up and be like, hey, come through to the studio. You know, I want to let's work on some music together and they'll just come over there and work on some music and worry about you know if something comes of it they'll worry about the financial aspect of it at that time yeah whereas if i hit somebody up out here that that i'm not really close to mm. or that i don't have like a good music working relationship with you know it's just like oh well i charge this for beats or yeah. i charge this for verses and things like that i'm not like that myself I just work with who I want to work with. And, you know, like I said, I worry about what comes of it. And if it's going to, you know, percentages and, and money, I worry about that when the time comes yeah, for that. Yeah, after the fact. Yeah. Cool, but, man. So I think that's de that's very different from L.A. to Houston. Yeah. So uh, you posted on Facebook, like, maybe, like, it was less than a day ago. It was just, like, half a day ago, I think, about a uh, serious moment that made you consider how the world views black men and what it expects of male masculinity. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. So you also talked about eventually being able to break that stigma to become more open and expressive with your emotions. Was there a pivotal point that made you realise that that was necessary for your development? Or was it more of a progressive thing that happened over time? I know that's a long one, sorry. <laughs> No, you're good. Uh, I think that it it took a lot of time. It wasn't like a, a overnight process. It was just a series of 
like maybe I would say like four to five years in my life where I was very like reckless about it. So it's like you hold you hold your emotions in for so long and then you get to a point you're just like, man, forget it. I'm going to just unleash whatever it is I feel yeah 100% and then I would do that and be irresponsible about it and I would pour my negative emotions to onto other people and expect them to like pull me out of dark places and put yeah. that burden on them yeah and then I was like okay I can't do that so then I would be more aggressive and I was like okay I can't do that because that's how I used to be mm. and then eventually it just got to a point where I just had to learn how to balance myself and you know be more be more confident and more bold and and how I feel about certain things and what I say and how I express myself I definitely think that's like a more recent process that came with the process of this album and maybe like I want to say like late 2016 early 2017 is where I really started to like come into that aspect of feeling and thinking and, and expressing myself yeah and it's a beautiful thing man it's it's funny that the uh this opportunity to interview and the album came about when it did because um basically i've been going through the same transition and when um kari added me in that like facebook thing when you're like, okay who who can i reach out to to like talk to about the album and stuff i was like oh yeah like i know him from um messenger series but like i don't know what, what he's been working on so it'd be cool to hear the album and then the album comes out and you're talking about having a single parent um dealing with like accepting who you are and learning to love yourself in that way and it's funny because I've been going through that transition so there's a lot of what you were saying in the album that was resonating with me and I wasn't expecting it so it was quite like intense so like, it was only after like a few more listens where I was able to like digest it and be like yo this is really cool because it relates to me so much even though we obviously have certain differences like with me being mixed race and stuff but certain things are shared with this idea of like what people expect of you based of what you look like based of how you act and you becoming who you are so it was really good timing um and yeah just to say thank you again for the album man no problem like i'm glad that the the timing worked out yeah. the way it did i think that's pretty cool how how everything came about to align at the perfect time into where the album couldn't impact you that way i definitely like see how the music and what i'm talking about is uh relatable to so many different um men mm. and I didn't realize it. Like I said, when you're in the the midst of like creating an album and listening to yeah. it so many times, you start to become numb to you're it. On the inside looking out. Yeah. You know, you have to listen to the songs like over and over again. And you start to become numb to it. But like I would play it for like friends and, you know, just homies in the area. And I would sit with them when I played it just to see how they responded. And, you know, it was just cool to see how it impacted people. In hmm. a sense, like a lot of a lot of my homies that I listen to the album, I'm literally sitting right next to them while they listen to it, and you know they couldn't but help to shed a tear. Yeah. And at a certain point in the album, and my homegirls too, I would play it for them, and they would like shed tears, and I thought that was just pretty cool. I was like, that's what helped me realize, like, okay, I think I have something pretty special here, and like, uh, I'm just happy that for people, but for men in general, that it's able for it's able to help them connect dots and just to kind of like hash out certain things that they've been feeling within and just kind of like come to terms with certain thing or make, make sense of it. I think that's probably one of the most important things about the album. And I'm truly honored that it can be that for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's 
it's amazing man and um no and i was gonna say it's great that you were able to um go through that journey as well of um realizing that you're on a certain path and and that you need to reach a certain level as far as confidence goes and understanding yourself and loving yourself to make the album that you made you know what i mean i feel like if you hadn't gone through that process whatever album you did make as your debut because this is your debut album right like you've done quite a few projects but this is your debut yeah yeah like if you hadn't gone through that process of like learning to be open about those kind of things and express that kind of stuff it would have been a very different album right no it would be a, a completely different album yeah uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and a lot of that was was due to uh to time constraints and also John pushing me to be more revealing because my whole career like I've had a tendency to like hide behind my words mm. and not really be direct so I would just like I would express myself but it would be in ways where you would have to really be paying attention to and like read between the lines yeah to uh understand what it is what I was trying to convey and. I came into the album with that same mindset and John was just like off top. He was like, that's not going to work here. We can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he just pushed me to like be more open and be more bare. And it worked out perfectly because due to like me procrastinating back home and like not focusing on music and going through moments where I wanted to quit and, you know, just working all the time and, you know, just living a normal life. I didn't have anything ready for the album when it was time to record it. So I had two years to record the album, but when I would come back home, I didn't write any material. I didn't work on anything that would possibly make the album. And you fast forward to 2017, John hit me up in like June or July and was just like, look, man, we got to make this album if you want to go on a tour. And indirectly, he was basically saying like, it's now or never. Like, if we don't make this album now, then, you know, I'm going to have to find interest elsewhere. Mm. So I literally booked a flight to July, uh, to L.A. in like July for like a week, seven days. Oh, wow. As in and, like July this year. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. July this year. Wow, man. Booked a flight to L.A. for seven days with no material intended for the album. Had to write and record and, you know, John made beats for the album all within a week. So I feel like because of the time constraints, I didn't have time to, like, worry about, oh, this bar would be tight if, like, if I said this and I use this metaphor here. And it's like, oh, people going to go crazy when they hear this. Like, I didn't have time to do that and like yeah. write and erase stuff and delete stuff and start over. It was just like John would throw a beat on. If I liked it, I would just explore how it made me feel real fast and then just write it all out. That's crazy because it has such a, like the album has such a flow to it and the album, like each of the songs are so distinct that you would think that like, I'm not saying that a lot didn't go into it, but you think that there was like a lot of time invested into each thing. So to hear that, how how quick a process like it was is quite amazing. Like, did you find it was quite smooth or was it, I mean, obviously it was going to be challenging writing all that in a week, but was it quite smooth in that? And did you learn or did you did you find out a lot about yourself and how you write under pressure and that kind of stuff? Like, what, what did you learn from making the album, I would say, is the question I'm trying to get at. Uh, I definitely learned that I can write under pressure. Mm. I definitely learned that maybe for me, like my best work would be done in, in time constraints like that. I don't say, I can't say that I'll do that again <laughs> because <laughs> that was pretty like, 
I was pretty rough on on myself, but even on John. And I think I just proved to myself that I, you like I really want to make something of this. Like I, I believe that I have something special that sets apart, and I just want to continue to try to explore that. And hopefully, it takes me to places where I've always like seen myself going. You know, I, I've never looked at myself as like a a rapper comes to projects and you know small scale and you you have like a few few thousand fans like i want to i want to go to big places with this understand like in order to do that like i have to sacrifice myself and reveal part of myself that i'm uncomfortable with mm. but because as artists to the people who listen to the music so uh, i'm definitely like after making this album i'm definitely ready for something like that that's awesome. So do you have like a, a personal favorite from the album as far as the tracks go? Sonically, my personal favorite is yeah. uh, like, as far as what appeals to me. I definitely like Cards with the Devil and I like uh, Black Boy Meets World. Yeah. But personally, I like Uprooted and I like A Lullaby for You because those are tracks about my relationship with my dad but my relationship with my daughter as well yeah yeah those those are two tracks uh that i played for my daughter uprooted and a lullaby for you and those are just really personal for me because i was like a time where me and her were able to have an intimate moment and like you know cry laugh and like say that we love each other and you know that i'm always going to be here for her and that that meant a lot to me to be able to share that with her so those those songs whenever i listen to them like i always think about that moment in time that's beautiful man and yeah i mean like again me having a single mother i've always like felt like whenever the day does come that i do have kids i'm always gonna do do better and do i mean i'm gonna be there for my my children which is doing better already but yeah it must be so interesting having gone through that and then having to be a father you know with not necessarily a real template to base that on rather than like i mean apart from just your uh what's the words morality you know what I mean? Yeah, no, yeah. definitely. Like it was, it was tough, and I had my daughter at a young age. I was still in high school when she was born, so like I had to go through a whole maturation process that caused us to like lose a lot of time just because of uh, a lot of different things. But I always just kind of like placed the blame on myself as if like I could have done more, mm. but. I just appreciate that that God was able to create an atmosphere to where we can be each other in each other's lives at such a pivotal moment to where she's she's becoming a young woman. She's about to be a teenager. And I'm at this place where, like, I've matured enough to help guide her yeah. through her teenage years. And I can, like, you know, talk to her and express things with her and, like, just be the important role model that I could be because... You know, earlier years in my life, I wasn't like I didn't really like love myself the way that I needed to. Yeah, yeah. And if I was to like give her advice at that at, at those moments in time, like even though I had the best intentions, it probably wouldn't have been the proper advice to give someone. So I just think that it's beautiful that it worked out the way that it did because like I love myself so much now, and I believe because I love myself so much, like I love her even more, and it works perfectly. Yeah, man, you're you're preaching to the choir because uh, one thing I've been thinking about lately is just that like, the concept of how can we love other people if we don't truly love ourselves, you know? And it's funny because talking about this just is bringing that back because this is something I've been thinking about a lot. So, 
it's funny that this interview is like an extension of the album in this whole like oh it relates to me so much um experience no man like this it's cool like you know having conversations like this and you know i just feel like the album the music is important but the conversations that i get to have with people are are even more important than than the album itself or if not equal to the album yeah and that's why I do things like try to make myself available available for any type of conversation or interview that anybody would like to have with me, no matter like how major scale it is or no matter how small scale it is. And I do little things like uh, I made my, my DMs open on Twitter so people who listen to the album and they feel some type of way, but they're, they don't necessarily like want to tweet it out for everybody to see they can like hit me up yeah and you know we can have a private conversation i feel like things like that are are important because the music can only cover so much and you know people people need an outlet and i think it's it's cool that i'm in the place where i can do that now Mm. because i you know i want to keep going with music and i want to gain a bigger fan base and gain more notoriety and eventually it'll come to a place where I don't get to do things like this where I can reach out to everyone on the individual level. So I just think that it's important important to try to do it as much as I can. Mm. Like, I just feel like it's my responsibility as a person. That's wicked, man. Um, yeah, so if, if I'm right, Friday, apart from being your album release day, was also the last day at your job, right? Uh, the day after. Ah, so yesterday? Yeah, yesterday was my last day at work. Oh, that's crazy. How does it feel, man? Uh... I don't think it's hit me yet because it was so close. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm I'm excited, man. Like, I feel like this whole process, like, I approach it like the job that I want to do. You know, I make mm-hmm. sure, like, there were days where I would work 12 hours, 10-hour days, or I would work six days a week. Or, you know, I would have a day off and I would come in on my off day because they needed me. Yeah. And... It's like if I don't approach music with the same same manner, like I will feel so I will feel like terrible that here I am doing something that I'm passionate about. And like I'm complaining about having to like wake up or do another interview or have another conversation, do another show. Like I'll never see myself complaining because I remember like my whole life thus far is like putting so much energy into things that I wasn't truly passionate about that I just did out of necessity yeah. uh, to live. And it's nice to be able to focus solely on what my next move will be when it comes to like me and what I want, like, you know, building myself not only as an artist, but as a brand and um, trying to create more opportunities and thinking about what my next project is going to sound like and how it's going to be and who I want to work with and so on and so forth. Like I'm, I'm excited that my mind is racing about those things versus like, what time do I work tomorrow? And Oh, tomorrow's a Saturday. So it's going to be pretty busy. I need to be prepared and I don't have to worry about that stuff anymore. So I think that's pretty cool. Wicked, man. Uh, so just to confirm you are like music is going to be the full time hustle now. Yeah. I'm doing this tour and with john in uh in about a week or so yeah uh starting october 3rd and then after that 
I'm trying to, like, in the midst of the tour, I'm going to try to say something else. Maybe I can, like, open up for someone else or um, try to set up my own tour where wherever the album takes me. Like, I definitely want to try to keep the momentum going and just, like, do what I can to to shake as many hands as I can and, and network in the, in the industry and, mm. you know, connect with the fans while I'm on the road and try to, you know, turn turn people into who who've heard of me to like you know like i support that dude like i want to make sure or i want to see him go far mm. and things like that like I, I feel like all those things are important for me so like i'm trying to be very calculated um i look at it you know even though it's just a, it's a passion like i look at this like the the job process so you have me recording the album and that's like the interview Mm. so it's like okay you record the album this is the interview portion and then you finish it up and you do a good job it's like okay you know we may have something here we'll assess with the rest of the team and we'll give you a call so this is john saying like okay i think you've recorded enough material let me sit with it a while you know piece it together and try to figure some things out and then he's like i think we might have an album here it's like okay we got the album and then the album comes out and now it's time for me to go on tour for like two months. Yeah. And that's like the that's like your first 90 days of like at work where yeah, it's probation. You know, yeah, you're a part of the company. But for if for any reason we feel like we don't really need you or you like call in too much, then we're just going to let you go. Yeah. So so it's like this is my pro- probation period where I have 60 days to try to prove to myself to to the fans to john and to like everyone else they're like okay this guy i think he deserves to be here and so it's just about giving my all man and then after that i feel like everything else will just fall in place as it already has lately (laughs) yeah yeah you know i i put my all into recording the album and, and made sure that i did what i was supposed to do and make myself more more accessible than I've ever really have in my entire life. And, you know, I'm definitely like reaping the benefits of that. So I, I see that there's there's power in like, you know, being true to yourself and being open because people who listen to it, they really appreciate it. Yeah, man. So apart from the tour, like, have you got any other specific plans for like the next 12 months? Or are you just going to like see where things take you? Because um, you kind of touched on it I'm before, de- I suppose. You know, I want to see where things take me, just because like I'm so new to all of this. Like you said, it's my first album. I've never, I've never been on like a a national tour before. Yeah. Uh, so I just want to like see where things take him, take me. Like John is definitely, John is pretty much the one constant in this whole process. Like from the beginning of like recording the album to all of the interviews that I've been doing and like reaching out to certain people. John has always been there to like help me get to the next level. And like, he's going to like help me try to, you know, figure things out, you know, what my next move should be like, try to get me in the door with a few people Mm. and, you know, create some opportunities for me. So yeah, just try to figure out what, what I want to do next. But I think in like making the album, it definitely helped me to not become stagnant because when I would make projects before, I would like put out a mixtape or put out an EP and then I would just like rest 
and be like, I did it. Yeah. The album is out, or not Done. the album, but the mixtape is out. Let me just chill. And me chilling would turn into like, okay, I haven't dropped the, I haven't dropped music in like a year. Maybe I should do that now. I haven't dropped any music in like a year and a half. Maybe I should put out a song. So it was like, it was me just not being consistent. And, you know, every time I would put out a project, I would see some level of success uh, to people responding to it. And I'd just be like, oh, that's cool. I like that. And I would get this like kind of like a, a small sample of like, OK, I made it, but I didn't really make it like I'm still sleeping in the same bedroom like i'm not doing any shows i'm not making any money from this yeah just taking it back quickly like your your last release was uh in 2013 like we said before the messenger series volume one how did that come together with cosmic compositions and addison how did it come together yeah yeah because like i hadn't heard about you before like it was the messenger series meant to be like a series from cosmic compositions or was it like an ep series from you it was intended to be uh, a series of where they worked with a number of different uh, rappers yeah. or artists and they would like provide them with producers to work with and they would release it through their uh, imprint mm. and I'm really uh, I'm really close to the guy who um, who ran it his name is Addison Chase yeah, yeah he's uh, in Berlin now yeah I'm like really close to him so I think they just came across me like on the internet, um, I was just doing a lot of stuff on SoundCloud, collaborating with producers and just like just rapping over their stuff and people were picking up on it. And he just it came across his feed, I guess, and he reached out and, you know, they always show me love. And he was just like, you know, I was thinking about doing this thing where, like I said, I want to do these compilation tapes where we get one rapper and like five or six different producers and they all like, you know, make like a little EP or something. Mm -hmm. He was like, I would like for you to be the first one. And I was like, okay, cool. So we made a little EP together. It came out and, you know, it did pretty well. Got It got released on vinyl. And yeah, man. It was wicked. Because, yeah, there were quite a few different producers on there, like Obliv, and uh, you had Stanley Ipkus feature as a guest. Yeah, man, like, I, it was just, I think it was just an honor to be able to, like, work with those people and to, to create something, like, uh, I definitely, like, helped in, in, like, where I am today as far as, like, John, yeah. John noticing potential and what he heard from, like, my uh, music that I had on SoundCloud. I don't think that... If I hadn't made that, I don't think he probably would have heard, you know, something that striked him as like, okay, this 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 guy's got something here. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting because that that project came out. No, sorry, you met John two years ago, but that project came out two years before that. It's interesting. Like he he must have just recognized the strength of that music. Because I mean, did you release much stuff between two thousand and thirteen and two thousand fifteen? Uh, not really. Like I don't even think I released like five songs. I probably released like three or four songs here and there. Yeah. And that was like I said, that was just due to me. Uh, I knew that I wanted to come out with an album, and that whole time I had been working on it. But it was like a much more difficult process because I was getting in getting in my own way. Yeah. So. Like I said, I, put, I came out with that in 2013, and for him to like notice it in 2015, I think that's pretty that's pretty amazing. Like I never really thought about that before. That's like a whole two years after, and I, I don't know how how like I came across his radar, but you know, yeah, I think it's just a testament to like how good the music was. For sure, man, that's wicked. But uh, thank you so much for the interview, dude. Hey, no, no problem, man. Like I, I appreciate you for having me. It's a 
this was a a dope conversation. I like I like having conversations like this. It it really means a lot. Like I could tell that like you peeped the album and that it it meant something to you and it touched you and like having conversations like this just helps me like understand the impact of it more and it helps me like connect dots in my own mind or answer questions for me. So you know, I appreciate yeah. I appreciate your knowledge and just being open about certain things with me. Yeah, no, no, thank you, man. But uh, yeah, hopefully next time he can bring you to London because he was just here like a week or two ago, like John. Yeah, yeah. Uh, while he was out there, he was playing the record for people. So, you know, we're trying to generate some interest out there. Oh, so you? hopefully hopefully something comes of it because I would definitely like to to come, come out there and, and rock some shows. Sounds good, man. Thank you so much for doing the interview, though. It was, it was good fun. Oh, no, no problem, man. Like I said, thank you for having me.